0: Welcome into the Saturday show. This is Jay Catch, Adrian Lizer, along for the ride. Is Hello. Saturday
1: afternoon.
0: How are you, sir? I'm good. That's good. What's new?
1: <laughs> Not we a have, lot. Just we, keep... we haven't been on air for like what a month. It feels like. I know. I was going to say that uh, we uh, we have a a show today that's longer than a half hour, <laughs> and I don't know how we're going to get through it because you know it's like riding a bike, but half hour to our full three hour slot. It should be a lot of fun though today. Yeah. We got a lot be. to talk about, Jake. There's jazz got NFL playoffs mm-hmm. uh, the football seasons are in the books yeah
0: which is for sad, uh, sad to say like,
1: for the local college teams yeah and uh, obviously we have one more playoff game left but um, you know there's a lot to talk about today plus it's a jazz game day
0: yeah, it is jazz game day which will
1: follow us right after the show today
0: yeah, yeah this is pregame right at four yep, right
1: pregames at four Jake Scott will be on with for that and uh, it should be a fun day. So I'm excited to be here. We got Monster Monster Jam yes, in if the house today. If you're hearing some rumbling through our
0: mics, that's what's going on in the bowl just behind us here at the studios here in the Zion's, not Zion's, Zion's Bank Campus. What am I doing? At the Vivint Smart Home Arena. Let's get that out of the way first up.
1: Yes. So yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, i tell you what, man, they don't want to fill this place up. Yeah, oh Like yeah. every event Like the the arena Those The powers that be They know what events To put here Because You know Monster Jam fills up I, I poked my head Into the uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra Like oh, the yeah. 3 o'clock show On like yeah. a Thursday Packed Yeah, absolutely Like even though So, you know uh, Post Malone was here A couple weeks ago That was cool uh, This is a great place To come take an event And Monster Jam Is getting going I can hear Maybe it's Gravedigger I can maybe hear Gravedigger now Going yeah, crazy the out there. Zombie or
0: whatever, mm-hmm. that, yeah, whatever a new one is go, running. No, it's a lot of fun, though. So if you're hearing the yeah the, the roar of an engine th- faintly through our mics, that's what is going on. But thanks again for joining us. We are brought to you by Stockton 12 Honda, our good friends down there in the Southtown Auto Mall. All right, Adrian, where should we start today? Should we start with the Jazz? Yeah, let's get to the Jazz, Jake. They have won nine of ten games. I think a lot of the belly aching that came after the Jazz struggled on that one Eastern road trip has – pretty much dissipated at this point but the jazz have been helped i think in this run of nine of ten wins four straight wins going into tonight's game against the orlando magic they've been aided by the fact that it's a soft spot in the schedule a lot of teams that are below 500 but my i tip my cap to the jazz because they have been gunned at by multiple teams and they have prevailed in the end
1: yeah team uh, they're they're like uh, I wish I knew the win-loss record in the clutch, but they have played a lot of clutch games. Like, and by clutch, I mean um, they say it's what within five in the final five minutes Correct. is when clutch minutes uh, start start um, applying. And uh, the Jazz have won a lot of games that have come down in the clutch. Like you said, there you know there's an argument for oh well, how come they aren't blowing out these bad teams? Well, you know they're still working through some stuff. But like you said, it was a bad stretch when they went uh, to Toronto. Mm-hmm. um well for they went to milwaukee to and lost in indiana uh then they beat memphis then lost to toronto lost to philly then lost to the lakers at home on the, i think it was a monday and then um and then that oklahoma city loss a week later oh no lakers were on a wednesday yeah then they lose the following monday to oklahoma city and they had a lot of people they were uh 13 11 at that point correct and um People were worried. Well, there was a lot of and, there was a lot of grumbling going on. And and, I, and since then though, they have really settled in. They made moves to improve the team, mm-hmm. and uh, we we haven't really had a chance to talk about it. But you know, the Dante Exum trade—he goes off, and uh, Jordan Clarkson comes in, who has already been a boon to that bench unit. Um, they're no longer falling behind. Mine, you know, for whatever reason, it wasn't working with. Jeff Green, it wasn't working. Dante Exum wasn't even getting on the floor. Mm -hmm. Um, But they move on from those guys, and Dante's getting a better opportunity in Cleveland. He's playing more minutes than he has here at all. And you get a guy coming off the bench in Jordan Clarkson who has been very good for the team. I think he's been averaging right around 15 points a game since joining the Jazz. Um, He's shooting the ball well. He brings a lot of energy. And I think that was a big catalyst to what this team has done the last little bit. Not to mention the other guys are playing well, Jake. But you've got, like, Tony Bradley, he has supplanted Ed Davis in that back backup center spot. He's playing a lot better. Mm-hmm. George Niang, uh, offensively, has been playing really well. He's kind of filled into those Jeff Green minutes. Correct, yeah. And so, you know, when you get Mike Conley back, does it shorten the bench a little bit? Maybe not, but Moutier's played really well. So it's been a lot of fun to watch this team kind of come together, especially from uh, where they were. And then, of course, Donovan, Rudy, Joe Ingles. Boyan's been on a little bit of a lull lately, but all these guys have been playing really, really well, and uh, it's been good. It's yeah. been good to see. And like you said, when you win nine out of your last ten, you're doing something right, even if it's a soft spot in the schedule. Absolutely. And not to mention, you lost to a Miami team by three points. That's their only. That's their only uh, loss in that stretch, and I believe Miami still only lost once at home. Yeah.
0: I'd have to look real quick. Miami looks very much the part. They've been playing extremely well. And you're right. I think that the lineup changes that the Jazz made have really helped kind of vault them into the position they're at right now. They're still running fifth in the Western Conference, but it appears at this point, Adrian, there is very much a top seven in the West uh, in terms of what the playoff seating looks like as we approach the midway point of the season. The Jazz are very much in that mix.
1: I I'm looking at this and am probably I, a top 6 even if Probably was, yeah, yeah
0: yeah because Oklahoma City's kind of that seventh team they've pulled away from some of the other people they've been they've been hovering around but yeah you're probably a top 6 firmly in the playoff hunt but the nice part about the Jazz right now is they're taking care of business. And the way they've been winning some of these games, Adrian, A lot of I've, I've seen some people saying, why can't they just run out and beat teams? Well, here's the thing. When you're a good team and you have a good team come to town, let's say the, let's say the Chicago game from Thursday night, for example. Was it Thursday or was it Wednesday night? Thursday night? Thursday, Thursday, yeah. Thursday night,
1: yeah. They were in Chicago. The I Bulls, don't know what date it is either. This whole holiday stretch yeah. has got me really confused. The
0: Bulls came out and they, they looked – like, they were motivated.
1: They're like, we're playing a good team. We're going to put on our best performance. Yeah, Here's and what we can do. The Bulls have some pieces. They I don't do. know if Boylan's the coach for them. <laughs> but, you know, they, Zach Levine, aside, you know, he's okay, but he kind of he took over in a bad way late. Yeah, he decided like, to go hero ball. He kind of ruined yeah. it for his team. But, you know, the Bulls are a team. They played really hard in that game, Jake. Yeah. And it wasn't like when they played Detroit. Detroit had nobody because they were all hurt. Correct. They didn't play Blake Griffin. And you know they were up on the Jazz at halftime. I think by one point. What was it, a really low scoring, yeah. forty-nine or forty to thirty-nine yes, or something. But really and bad. then the Jazz blow them out because they're more talented. They're more talented than the Bulls. But the Bulls, they they're they've got a future. Yeah, they're just not quite there yet. And uh, they played hard in the Jazz. That was a hard-fought win.
0: Yeah. And, of course, the signature win in this run is that road win at the L.A. Clippers. Mm-hmm. And that was with L.A. essentially full strength. I know Patrick Beverly went out early in that game, but still.
1: No mantras, Harold.
0: The Clippers are still very, very talented. Mm-hmm. And the Jazz went to the Staples Center and took care of business. That's the signature win, I think, of the season to this point for the Jazz. Uh, there's some other games I think you probably could look at and say, you know what, they actually are, are not bad. But I, I, I yeah, look- It's got to be that or Milwaukee. Yeah, the Milwaukee win probably. Yeah. But this one's on. On the road at the Staples yep. Center, you go to to LA, and with their big stars. Speaking of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, you win that game. That's that's an impressive, impressive win. So, looking at what the Jazz are doing right now, they've got another opportunity tonight. The Magic, okay, another sub five hundred team. But when you're a team like the Jazz, who's very much in the playoff hunt, and you go to another team's arena, these teams get up for games like this.
1: And the the Magic are in the playoffs right now. Yeah, in the East, they in are, the East, yeah. and you know you. The West also has a sub-500 team in the playoffs right now. So it, it's not like there's that huge separation that there has been in the past, Jake, but I'm totally with you. The And the Magic just saw the Jazz in a game that Ma- the Magic might kind of believe they should have won that game when they were here. Remember how they they kind of kept it close yes. and all of a sudden they were mm-hmm. up nine or yeah. something on the Jazz and then the Jazz fought back and got the win? Yes. Yeah. And uh, this is like two weeks ago maybe? Yeah. And so this, I think you're totally right. I think they go into this down to Orlando. I think that's going to be a place that uh, that team's going to want to get up for the Jazz, and uh, it should be a fun one tonight. I like Orlando's pieces. They're not a championship team. But I like what Clifford does with them.
0: Yeah, and they've been, they've been hampered. Jonathan Isaac, Tons, yeah. their star center, a guy who I think is becoming one of the better defensive players in the league. Uh, we're talking in the same, kind of the same vein of a Rudy Gobert type of a player. He's going to be sidelined for the next two months with a bone Whoa. contusion and something else uh, going on. He got injured, but so that'll hurt the magic in this matchup. But they, I, I just look at the Jazz right now. Like you said, you win nine of ten games, you're doing something right. And that's that's the net positive out of all this when it comes to the Jazz. We'll see what they do going forward, because there's gonna be there's gonna be other stretches of the schedule that are gonna come along here where it's gonna be tougher for the Jazz. We've seen them go through those. And you, you mentioned that that four losses and five game stretch when they went on that road trip, Toronto, Milwaukee, that type of stuff. They lost seven of nine. Yeah, that's that, that that's gonna come again at some point. You're gonna have that type of stretch. The hope is, I think, at this point that you learned from that stretch where you lost that seven. 7-9, the 4-5, and when that stretch comes up again, you're better. You realize, okay, this is how hard we have to play to win games against elite competition, and that at that point, yeah, you're not losing 7-9. Maybe you're splitting at 500 or just a shade over 500, and that's a lot better in terms of a stretch run right
1: Yeah, there. and pile up these wins because – you may have been you may be six and standing still and it yeah. continues to not really move at all. Mm-hmm. But I feel like eventually it kind of tips over when you win 9 of 10 and then you you know maybe you win 14 of 15 which they kind of have a chance to do Jake yeah. on this road trip and the Orlando, New Orleans, New York, Charlotte, Washington, Brooklyn, like New Orleans again. Pretty good chance over the next 7 games or so mm-hmm. to win a bunch of games and you mentioned those stretches that are coming because they are. And I like what you're saying there about you know maybe you split those stretches like yeah well, when you've got Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, Denver, Portland, Denver, Portland, the Houston, the, Dallas, the Miami month, yeah. in a row
0: yeah the early, end of the end of
1: January early February oh my run goodness there. I just looked yeah. at the schedule and you you play the Rockets twice the Nuggets twice the you've Spurs. got the Rockets three times in a month yep you've got Portland two more times yeah. Dallas twice, the first time they'll see Luka Doncic, Mm -hmm. and you're talking about a Dallas team that is tied with the Jazz right now in wins and losses, uh, essentially tied uh, in the Western Conference, so pile up wins now and then get confidence going into that, but when you go back to that Clippers game, that was the kind of game that the Jazz needed to come along to kind of test how they had been playing, because they had been playing really well up to that point. But hadn't played anybody really. Yes, absolutely. And everyone's an NBA team, and anyone can beat anyone on any given night. But they had kind of been smashing the teams that are below them in talent and in coaching and all that. They go in on the road against the Clippers, who yes, they didn't have Harrell, but the Jazz didn't have Mike Conley. Correct. So,
0: and that's why I wanted uh, to bring up,
1: and they got a big win right there. Yeah,
0: I wanted to bring up the fact that Mike Conley's still not in the lineup right now for the Jazz, Mm -hmm. and. I know there's been a lot of people who have been critical of his play this season. That hamstring injury is, is something you got to be very careful with because he came back from it and then yeah. re-injured it in that game. They're going to keep him out. They're going to be very careful about when they reinsert him into the lineup because they want to make sure he's fully healthy. The one thing I think he can do, though, Adrian, is this is a guy who's played at a high level for a high for a long time, and when he returns to the lineup— He's only going to help the Jazz, I feel like. And that's that's the nice part is you have a piece who's been here on the side as you've made this run that you know as soon as he is able to get back onto the court is only going to help you guys mm-hmm. be better. And that's that's what I look forward to with the Jazz. And that's what I like about what they're doing right now. Guys like Boyan Bogdanovich, Donovan Mitchell, they've been carrying the scoring load. Rudy Gobert looks like he is just gunning for an all-star uh, game this year. I know he's very disappointed last year he didn't make it. Mm-hmm. He's been playing extremely well. The nice part is the Jazz have kind of figured out some of the warts they had early this season. They've kind of smoothed them out. You mentioned the moves they made. They broke that, what was it, a six-month run that we didn't have a trade. The Jazz were the first team to make a trade. And they, I give credit to guys like Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck. They saw something that was wrong. They realized something was wrong, and they went out and made moves. Then in the early returns, we've played four or five games now with Jordan Clarkson, uh, the early returns on it are, okay, you guys made, were smart about this. You made a good move, it looks like.
1: Yeah, and it, it showed to me that they weren't just going to go with what they put together mm-hmm. and just necess- and just say, hey, this will come together eventually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? They kind of noticed that, hey, this might not be working. We are built to win, mm-hmm. which they are if they get Conley back. And uh, they said, this isn't working. we got to figure something else out. And they got rid of Dante Exum, a guy who wasn't playing at all. Yeah. So you can be sad that he's gone, but he he was giving zero productivity because he wasn't on the court. That's right. just a fact. Mm-hmm. You bring in a guy who brings in a ton of productivity, and Jordan Clarkson and Jeff Green. Hopefully, he lands somewhere, and you know he's he's a guy that some teams going to take a they're going to sign maybe late in the well, year. He's a veteran piece yeah. that you can add. Yeah, and so and then you know you add Mike Conley like you you said a few times, Jake. You just need average Mike Conley, mm-hmm. and by average, you don't need like an average player. You no. need you just need Mike Conley average. His career average. His yeah. career average at which you know I'm I'm looking at his last 5 seasons, Jake. 18 points a game, 6 that's assists, it. effective field goal percentage of 50%, shooting yeah. 37% from 3. Even if he, maybe you don't get 18 a game from him, but mm. you maybe you get 16. Yeah. And that's a little little under average, but you add that to what Boyan gives you, what Donovan's doing right now, correct. What Rudy Gobert's giving you, and then you get that. Yeah. You don't need like a ten-point game, Mike Conley. But if he can come in and give you sixteen and four, you're talking about a really nice piece for them. Yeah. And then, you know, you keep Joe Ingles in the starting lineup. Probably Royce comes off the bench with Jordan Clarkson and yeah. Tony Bradley, who's been playing well. And all of a sudden, you've got a really, really good core going, both starters and secondary players.
0: Yeah, I'm with you in that regard. And let's talk. Let's touch on Tony Bradley here for a minute. I thought he had his best game in his NBA career the other night, and I know it was very average statistical 6.7 rebounds but he came in and he's been maligned by foul issues that's been his biggest thing Is he's been he's, he, he's shown flashes of what he can do in the NBA game a lot of the development he's gone through in the G League and the like but fouls have been an issue for him the other night against the Chicago Bulls I thought he was absolutely phenomenal he was smart with uh, when he challenged guys going up for shots etc rebounded at a very high level considering the number of minutes he played in that game I think that he is starting to emerge as the. Okay, here's the thing. I think the Jazz felt like, okay, Jeff Green, also uh, Ed Davis, are not giving us what we want in our backup forward slash center spots. Mm-hmm. Let's give this kid we have developed for three years an opportunity to show what he can do, and they're 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 giving. Uh, they're giving Tony Bradley an extended run here to see what he can do. And I think the game against Chicago is something he can build on. If he can do that consistently on a night-in, night-out basis, I know that's still a lot to ask for him to do that on a night-in, night-out basis, but if he can be consistent in that regard, well, guess what? You have a homegrown player that you brought in who was very young when he came into the NBA. He has spent years working on his game at the G League, working with the Salt Lake City Stars staff, the nice part is is showing that it's finally paying off for him, and he's showing that he, he some flashes of okay, I can be a consistent backup
1: big for you. Yeah. What, what's his job? Rudy Gobert plays thirty six minutes a night.
0: Yeah,
2: and, and you like, and you'd like to a, see
1: that number cut down a little bit, probably. Yeah, probably, but he doesn't seem to be bugging him. No. So Rudy Gobert plays thirty five ish minutes a night, and the, since Tony Bradley's been playing Correct. the backup, yeah. So your goal, your role is to come in and not let it drop off. For ten minutes, that's all you need, Tony. You just and he's been doing it really well. Mm -hmm. And Rudy Gobert comes back in and he dominates a game. But uh, Tony Bradley, look, he's averaging four points, um, and you know, four points. Let's see, almost four rebounds in his ten minutes a game. Yeah, that's a cut down on the fouls and just do what you're supposed to do, Mm -hmm. and you're going to find yourself on the court. Yeah, even if you're in that backup center role, Rudy Gobert's too good to play thirty minutes a night. You know. He's too good to be cut down on those minutes, in my opinion. And if he's a guy who can keep it up for that 36, keep him in there. And then, Tony, just come in and don't mess it up. That's kind of like the the, the season, yeah. it seems. Yeah, exactly. When the starters go out, let's not, let's not blow this. And it seems like lately there's kind of been a shift in mentality. You know, they make the moves. Clarkson's excited to be here. You've heard it all the entire time he's been here. You know, uh, David Locke has talked to. He only played 28 meaningful games in his career. Mm-hmm. He's been in the league six years. <laughs> but he's only played on tons of losing teams. Now he's on a winning team. You can tell it's energized, Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, and he's been locked in since he showed up. George Niang and Tony Bradley and Royce O'Neill kind of anchoring that bench. They're, those are four guys that are going to want to play hard. Mm-hmm. And they do play hard. And all of a sudden, you have a starting lineup that's almost the best in the NBA. And the Jazz in the last 10 games... Have been top 10 both both offensively and defensively and it's showing that they've kind of made a shift in what they've been trying to achieve Like you said, they got that signature win against the Clippers. They're going to go on a run here. I'm excited for that January-February schedule because that's when the test really happens.
0: Yeah. So tonight's game, let's turn our attention to the Magic for a minute here. So I mentioned the fact that Jonathan Isaac's out tonight. Michael Carter-Williams is also on the injury report for the Orlando Magic going into this game where I talked about the fact that Mike Conley is out for the Utah Jazz. But this is a team, speaking of the Orlando Magic, the one team the Jazz lost to in the last 10 games was the Miami Heat. And, well, (coughs) what did Orlando do last night? Well, they just went and routed the Miami Heat 105-85 to last night.
1: Yeah, I saw that.
0: So this is a team, and Orlando's a team that's very good defensively. They're very much kind of built in the same vein of the Utah Jazz, where they're kind of built on their defense. Uh, Nikola Vukovic uh, said last night after the win, we struggled a bit defensively the last month and a half, and we know that defense kind of has to be our thing. The last few games we've been able to get back to that, and it shows when we play well defensively, it opens things up for our offense with fast break." points. This is going to be a fun game tonight because if if Orlando truly is getting back to that kind of the defensive, we're going to stop you and we're going to turn it over and run on you. It'll be an interesting battle between two of the better defenses in the NBA tonight. I'm not saying we're going to throw it back to the 1990s and have a 84-81 to slugfest. I'm not thinking that's going to be the case, but you're going to see two better defensive teams going against each other in tonight's game. Jonathan Isaac, yeah, that hurts uh, the Orlando Magic. Still got plenty of talent, though. Nikola Vukovic, Evan Fournier, they have a lot of talent down in Orlando, and this will be an interesting game for the Jazz because they've had to make a long flight, a long flight from Chicago to Orlando. That's a one of the longer flights, if you're on the Eastern Conference road trip to fly that distance, I think the Jazz are favored tonight. I think it's a four and a half point line. If you look at most of the sports books, we'll see what happens with the Jazz tonight in the Amway Center.
1: Yeah, a couple of guys. You know, DJ Augustine had 22 points against the Jazz last time off the and bench, he's, and
0: he's getting uh, rumors of him being traded maybe to one of the LA teams. Right. So. Oh
1: wow. So, but he's a guy who's been playing well. Terrence Ross. Uh, is a guy who can really... Li- he had 25, I think, in that game it's against the Heat athlete, last.
0: Big athlete, yeah. Yeah, uh,
1: last night or yesterday, whenever they played the Heat last. And then Aaron Gordon. Yeah, right? Fournier is a guy who can score. Aaron Gordon, I'm not really sold on him as a player, but he's super athletic. He's an elite athlete, that's Super sure. athletic, that's yeah. what you say about guys who maybe haven't figured it out. Super athletic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but Vucevic, obviously, and Markel Fultz, who's had an okay game against the Jazz the last time they went out. So, Correct. But against this team... Uh, A couple weeks ago, it was the bench that kind of led the magic back into Mm -hmm. things. So that's kind of going to be what the Jazz need to watch out for on the road here.
0: Yeah, so it, it, it will be a fun game tonight. Like like we said, 4 o'clock pregame. As soon as we go off air, the pregame comes on. Jake Scott, do you know who he's been joined by today, today in the pregame? I do not. Okay, that's look. all right. That's all right. But it should be a fun game. I, that's what I'm excited for is these type of games. Because I know that Orlando, when you say the Orlando Magic people here in Utah, it's kind of like, okay, it's just an afterthought. Because they're not a Western Conference team. But this is another defensive test for the Jazz. Because this is a defensive-minded team they're going up against and they're going to have to battle for this win so i'm excited to watch what the jazz come up with i think it'll be a fun uh, back and forth and may the best defense prevail in today's game
1: yeah I, I, the big the biggie is jonathan isaac being gone you're totally right about that because that probably puts mo bamba maybe into the starting lineup you'd think so but and rudy gobert shouldn't have no trouble with that guy
0: <laughs> mo bamba He's okay. He's okay, but yeah, he, he Jonathan Isaac, very much. So The funny thing is I was looking forward to seeing Isaac versus Rudy because they're two of the guys who were kind of built in the same vein. They, they're very much built on their defensive prowess, are capable of scoring. I think uh, Isaac was averaging about 12 points hmm. a game, so can contribute offensively, but their calling card is their defense. This is going to hurt Orlando. Can the Jazz take advantage of it?
1: Yeah, and I, I think the Jazz going to get this victory because of the way they've been playing. Yeah, maybe a few weeks ago I would have thought, oh, this might be a tough road game. I think it still be it will be tough, like you say, because uh, they're going to get up for this game. Because the Jet, when a team's hot, mm-hmm. other teams know it. Yes, absolutely. Everyone knows. Everyone in the NBA knows who's it's on playing their scouting well. reports, yeah. and they're going to those coaches to say, hey, these guys won nine of ten. They're killing everybody. Let's go. Out, let's try to beat this team. So I think the Magic are definitely going to get up for this one.
0: And you want a funny, funny thing about the Magic? Yes. One of my brothers, for whatever reason, is an Orlando Magic fan. Don't ask me why, how, or how that happened. But he's decided that the Orlando Magic or his team, I'm like, you're an idiot. <laughs> do,
1: do you know why they have the orange jersey
0: this year? I don't. Anybody I, I, have any clue? I wonder if it's like a citrus industry type of nod. Oh, not, but okay. They're in the okay, okay. sunshine okay. state down okay, there in Florida, okay. the orange capital of the world, it feels like. I don't know, but maybe so. Maybe.
1: maybe. I don't know. All right, coming up on the other side, we're going to get into uh, the NFL playoffs, Jake. Why don't we get into that a little bit as they are going to be kicking off in about an hour from Houston mm-hmm. as uh, the Texans are hosting the Bills. We'll get into that as well as uh, Utah football, kind of a look back on their season. Um, we talked last week about what happened with the Cougars as they lost to Hawaii. Well, the Utes did not look very good against Texas. So we'll get into that and their season as a whole. Joe Ingalls will join the show as he is with DJ and PK and... Uh, other sound from the week here Mm -hmm. on the zone sports network. That's all coming up Saturday show. I'm Adrian Lizer with Jay Hatch here on the zone sports network. Welcome back. Saturday show here on the zone sports network. Much like, uh, who's the Yankee Sandman? Who walked out to this? Manny Rivera? Mariano. Well, not Manny. Mariano. I,
0: I, I was just thinking, I'm still in college football mode. Bud Foster, Virginia Tech. This, they come out to Sandman. Bud Foster retiring after, what, 30-some-odd years there in never did the head
1: coaching thing, just was the D.C. and did a great job for 30 years. And made good money doing it, obviously. Yeah.
0: But I, he's one of those guys that I'm not sure he would have been a, a – good head coach if that makes sense like he's, yeah. he's a great defensive coordinator great defensive head coach I guess you call it because you have a guy like Justin Fuente comes in with an offensive reputation he says hey um yeah that defense it's all yours buddy you you,
1: you take care of that more intimidating though that or mariano coming out to this because he was so good when you heard that song coming you knew you were losing that baseball game yeah
0: that cutter was never gonna get hit i'm with you in terms of the the intimidation factor the pitch he
1: threw and he was a hall of famer
0: well mariano rivera man yeah i'm with you he's
1: he's more intimidating because once he was coming onto the mound you're like "Ah, Uh, oh man (laughs) it's over all right um speaking of bud foster i don't know how i'm gonna transition this but Uh, The NFL playoffs are today, Jake. Football. Did I do that? Okay, that's okay. Uh, Four games this weekend. Uh, You've got two today. Bills, Texans, Titans, Patriots. Then tomorrow, uh, the Vikings uh, will uh, continue to be – they'll continue their winning streak in the playoffs against the Saints. (laughs) And uh, the uh, Seahawks travel to Philadelphia. Hey, before we get into this, though, Uh the coaching – The coaching in the NFL, the carousel, is always very interesting. Yep. Um, It's big news when you get fired in a professional sports league, uh, regardless of if you're the Browns and you fire a coach every single year. It's still big news. Yeah. Uh, Freddie Kitchens out there in Cleveland. A lot of rumors of who's going to end up in the Browns, but uh, it just did not work with Freddie Kitchens. They need a – they need a heavy hand, I think, because they have too much talent that kind of just rode over that guy, I thought. Yeah,
0: they can't have, they can't have a guy who's allowing freelancers to freelance. Yeah, that, That's the thing. They need a steady hand, like you said, that comes in and kind of establishes, you know what, this is how we go about things.
1: Because I still believe in Baker Mayfield. I think he's going to be pretty good. He's I think, got talent. I think comparing him to maybe Johnny Menzel because they kind of played the same a little bit and they're smaller, uh, I I don't really th- see that. I think no. he's going to be closer to other guys in the league. I don't know if he'll get to like a Russell Wilson level, but he I I still think he could be pretty good if he had the correct coaching. Yeah. it's really easy to go down downhill uh, fast with uh, if you have bad coaching, especially and I and I at the quarterback position when you're young. And I think he kind of just he got in a bad situation. Not that I'm making any excuses because no. he didn't play well this year. And sometimes you should be able to override that with your talent, but I, I think the Browns are way better than they showed. I think I picked them to win the, well, the AFC. The hype train that? was all North? in on Cle- AFC, yeah, North?
0: AFC North. Uh, the hype train was on them all off season because you saw the talent was assembled: Miles Garrett, OBJ, Jarvis Landry. Uh, they were going to get um, the running back Nick from, Chubb. Uh, yeah, yeah, Nick Chubb, who's the other running back from Kansas City who's going to be eligible uh, uh, oh, uh, after the eight games? Cream Hunt, Cream Hunt, and then Baker Mayfield. Like you looked at it and you said, "Okay." That is a ton of talent. They should have the opportunity to make a move. I'm with you. They need to find a coach that's got a steady hand. Now, we understand that the Cleveland Browns are a revolving door of head coaches. A franchise that's not a revolving door of head coaches is the Dallas Cowboys. They are very slow to move on things. That's just kind of been a hallmark of what Jerry Jones has built there in in Dallas. Now the report is out that Jason Garrett is not going to be the head coach. Hasn't officially been fired. Are they just going to let super his weird contract Have you, you guys heard of
1: something like this where they like say he's going to get fired and then they just let him hang around the facility for well, a week?
0: I don't get it. He's got he's got his contract expires on the fourteenth, so maybe they're just going to let him go and not renew his contract yeah. and not technically have to fire him because he's been a beloved like second son of yeah. Jerry Jones. It feels like, but it looks like the cowboys are starting to do their due diligence marvin lewis in for an interview yesterday and today also mike mccarthy the former packers coach coming in to visit with dallas i am interested to see who's going to get the cowboys gig
1: what's more likely do you think that they go with the old one of some of this old guard retread i don't want to call them retreads but because they know mccarthy retreads. and lewis were in one place for a long time yeah. but or do you think they take one of these up-and-comer coordinators or do they dip into the college world
0: well, that's the thing. I've seen all these rumors about Lincoln um, Riley uh, being on the move from OU to go to to go to Dallas. That'd be a big time splashy move. I'm just not sure Lincoln Riley's ready to make that jump. If that makes
1: especially sense. to that team, the Cowboys. I, I don't know. So that's I, a hard spot to jump into. You got Jerry yeah. Jones just undermining you at all every well, turn.
0: He's undermining or overlooking, depending how you you look at it. It's true, but the the interesting part is. Jerry Jones is very loyal to the guy he picks, by and large. If you look at just at his history of owning the Cowboys, he's been very slow to move on hiring and firing coaches. I do think they're going to hire more of an experienced coach. That's just kind of my gut feeling on what the Cowboys are going to do. But you get a guy like Lincoln Wright, If you can pry him out of, uh, you can pry him out of Norman, get him away from Oklahoma. That'd be a big time move.
1: Yeah, I wonder. It's, it seems like it's just so hard for college coaches to make that jump, but it happens. Well, uh, Harbaugh that, had a lot yeah. of success in San Francisco before he kind of wore thin on everybody and mm-hmm. went to Michigan. Um, and he's wearing thin in Michigan now. Yeah, now he's wearing <laughs> thin in Michigan. I'm trying to think of other college coaches that are NFL head coaches right now.
0: Well, you had Dirk uh, Cutter last year with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay,
1: you've got uh, Pete Carroll's done really
0: Pete well Carroll, yes, Seattle. He's made the jump. And, of course, Cliff Kingsbury. Come on. The guy was average at best Texas Tech he's come in and adjusted at least on the offensive side of the ball
1: Arizona came along this year. yeah and Kyler Murray could be good it's so weird to watch him he's, they do that behind yeah. the line look mm-hmm. with him he's so small Yeah, he's so much shorter than you realize
0: <laughs> he is he's, I, and,
1: know, I know that he got He
0: got 5'10 or whatever at the combine no I still way. don't believe that no for, way. Well, for a second but,
1: so it, I'm really fascinated to see what the Cardinals become yeah. uh, I'm really bummed Larry Fitzgerald not, never got himself a Super Bowl uh, they got close,
0: got there, but got to the Super Bowl. Yeah,
1: but uh, so yeah, the uh, cliffs a good one. But other than that, it's really hit or miss. You know, yeah. guys like Nick Saban kind of failed. Chip Kelly failed. Uh, he's failing now. Well, the soon, funny but. thing
0: is, thirteen years ago, Nick Saban was hired as the head coach at Alabama. Had the Miami Dolphins not failed Drew Brees' physical on that shoulder,
1: what? Think of the difference in the NFL. Well,
0: think of the difference in college football. Yeah, <laughs> like just what what could have happened.
1: Uh, then Ron Rivera gets hired in Washington. Mm-hmm. I think that's a. Uh, that's a good pickup for Washington. I think move, yeah. I think Ron's a good coach. And he got uh, Jack Del
0: Rio but, as his defensive coordinator. Now nah, I
1: think Ron maybe could have waited to see what else was out there, but maybe he just thought, you know what, I might as well take it.
0: Yeah, he he obviously sees something. He's been very effusive in his praise of Dwayne Haskins, the former Ohio State uh, quarterback, first-round draft pick. We'll see what happens with Washington. Daniel Snyder, in terms of owners who, Happy
1: Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs>
0: That <laughs> day, but speaking of owners who are not the GM, like Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is the general manager of the Dallas Cowboys. He makes the decisions on personnel. Daniel Snyder hires all these guys, but then just seemingly is like the. He's the puppet master, yeah, and he's moving all his puppets around. I don't get what Daniel Snyder's doing. Washington's a proud franchise. We'll see what happens with Ron Rivera. That's a very respected coach there. Speaking of Rivera, we'll yeah. see if he's able to succeed where other coaches have gone and failed.
1: Yes, and a lot of really good coaches have gone Correct. to Washington and not yeah. done very well. But this year in the playoffs, it's a fun playoffs. I think. Yeah. Um, to me, I would pro- I would say the twelve best teams made it. In my opinion, yeah, there was. I, I'm there trying was, to think of who else missed. Maybe that could have. That you know that probably what is a playoff caliber team. I think by and large they got it. Maybe the Rams. You could argue the Rams and yeah. the Cowboys kind of blew it down the stretch, but
0: well, somebody had to come out of the yep. NFC East. Come on.
1: Uh, but you know you've got. I think you got the best teams. Uh, about and I would say I would argue the top twelve quarterbacks in the NFL right yeah. now. I don't know what you guys think, but a
0: lot of talent there. Yeah, that's for sure. If
2: yeah. you had to pick a quarterback to win you one game. Yeah, Which of this crop would you take? Right now? I kind of like all of them, minus maybe Josh Allen
1: and um, Ryan Tannehill. If I had to pick a quarterback right now, and I, you guys know but me. I would go with Lamar. I'm an probably. unabashed
0: San Francisco 49ers fan. I'd pick Russell Wilson.
1: Yeah. no, yeah, Russell's a good point. Like, I mean, not Kirk Cousins, but I got a ride with my guy, so. Kirk, really? Come on. He, he's my guy. He, and they're not playing on Monday, so.
0: that's it's a good point. No
1: one will beat him 10 Mondays in a row, though. We'll find that out next season. 0 and
0: Ten is he's, coming.
1: He's yeah. 0 and 9. No one I'd to say. Use no a lo- one. to lose a lo- local phrase Adrian. 10 is coming. 10 <laughs> is coming, dang it. I hope not. But uh first game up, Bills Texans. Uh, we always talk about the quarterback battles. You got mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen. This is at Houston. Uh I like I kind of like this is a underrated matchup, I think this yeah. week. Is, uh, I think all the matchups are great, honestly, but Texans-Bills is kind of exciting. Yeah,
0: Bills, we'll find out if they're actually legit or not.
1: Yeah. I, I think they've been very good. I think we'll find
0: out if the Texans are well, legit or not. A, that's a good point as yeah. well. But the Bills very much. Josh Allen, a second-year quarterback out of Wyoming. A lot of people belly ached about the fact that he was taken as high as he was as a rookie there in Buffalo, but this year he's led a pretty good team. And the defense for the Bills is actually their
1: the real calling card, I feel like. They're you, very good defensively. You know players. what I like about the Bills is that they weren't great yeah. last year, but they didn't do anything crazy. Uh-uh. With you know, they didn't let McDermott go because they didn't they had a rookie quarterback. It wasn't leading them to victories. Yeah. You know, they they moved on from Tyrod Taylor, who kind of got them as far as he could. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, they they've turned into a really good team. And Josh Allen is a he's a representation of you know struggle your first year, improve your second year, as opposed to a lot of these guys jump out of the gate and kind of regress. Sometimes Baker Mayfield, for example. And uh, Josh Allen's been really nice, and maybe that's a precursor to what you might see Jordan Love do in the NFL. Yeah, Josh bit. Allen,
0: 3,600 yards this year combined, uh, 26, set, tw- sorry, 29 touchdowns as compared to nine interceptions overall. Good. He's been very talented. Of course, I have a f- soft spot for Frank Gore, the longtime 49ers running back. He's still getting it done up Can't there in it. Buffalo along with Devin Singletary. There's nothing about the Bills that pops out at you and says, they're elite at this, yeah. but they're good in all facets of the game. I'm picking Buffalo to win this game on the road in Houston. Okay. I know that's uh, been a very non-trendy pick because houston with deshaun watson is very very talented obviously playing on their home field will help them as well
1: no will fuller though no today. will
0: fuller yes but i am picking buffalo to go into houston and win this game i think buffalo is legit i've been a believer in them all year long i haven't seen a lot of them on tv but what i've seen of them i've really liked
1: i'm, I'm gonna go texas today i want to see what jj
2: watson pack to is as well, yeah, we'll as see. he returns what do you think brian what you got today uh, I like the Texans. Uh, I just think defensively at home, I, that's, that's a good matchup for them. Oh. Man, um, there's a lot of talent. Both 10 and 6, so I, I'd say
1: this is – I like this matchup. I don't know why. I don't watch a ton of AFC football because my team's in the NFC, so I watch mostly NFC games, but uh, I, I kind of like this game. Uh, and then later, t- Titans-Patriots, is this the end? For Tom Brady and Bill <laughs> Belichick, who have never won a Super Bowl without a first round bye, which is a funny stat to me. Correct. Because they've had so many first round buys that who gives a crap if they didn't well, have one. I think it's
2: been years since right. they've been in the And they've won card, so right? many Super Bowls, yeah. so who cares if they've never won without a first-round bye? but whatever. They've probably lost a few Super Bowls with a first-round bye, too, so it's like, yeah, is that really even an of right. that? Like, yeah. Do we
1: care? Yeah, exactly. I'm with you. But yeah. uh, Titans-Patriots, I don't think, for me, I don't think this is the end of the road, but I don't think the Patriots make the Super Bowl this year, but I think they win this one against the Titans.
0: Yeah, I the, the, the Titans are a feel-good story with how they close the season, and of course, get, making it into the playoffs. Off. Ryan Tannehill's kind of had a career rebirth there in Tennessee after they benched Marcus Mariota, but the yeah, the the Tom Brady era in New England is going to survive for at least another week. I feel like yeah. this is just not the matchup that you, you like. Let's just put it this way: if I if it were Buffalo going to New England, I'd have a harder time picking against p- picking uh, against the Patriots mm. with the Tennessee Titans. No, nah, twelve and four. Patriots are rolling
1: on. You know, I love Derrick Henry though. He's got, uh, he's a guy who's been there, having this monster career. But because it's the Titans, <laughs> and Mariota could never make that step. Yeah, which is too bad because I thought they built a really nice team yeah. around Marcus Mar- Mariota. Right. Yeah, and uh he, he could just never get it going. So, uh, but yeah, I'm with you. Patriots winners today for me. Yeah, uh, Henry, you one- going Patriots there too, Brian?
2: Yeah, I uh, I'm just not ready to 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 fold it up on them yet. I I think Tom Brady is a greatest of all time quarterback for a reason. No, oh, he's the GOAT. And and you know like th- this is I just don't know like you look at the matchups quarterback versus quarterback. I think it's Brady coach versus coach it's belichick yeah. like tennessee is fun they're an upstart they've got an incredible running back with derrick henry he could also be a linebacker defensive end <laughs> yeah, line left tackle, be, whatever yeah, he wants whatever to play um, so good but i just don't know that tennessee has the experience yeah you know i'm with you on that one
1: yeah uh games tomorrow biking uh, viking saints i'm sure you're picking the saints I'm picking the Vikings. Bring on the Aints. Who cares?
0: <laughs> I,
1: I, I <laughs> Minneapolis Miracle a couple of years ago.
0: I love watching Minnesota play, but I just don't know that going to the Superdome is the place you want to start your playoff run. Does yeah,
1: that make sense? True, but the, the one thing that can help you is a dynamite run game, and if they got Dalvin Cook and uh, Madison running the ball— mm-hmm. That's what can tip the tide. Kirk Cousins is not good without those guys. It is He might not be very good anyway, mm-hmm. but he, he's had a really good year. Maybe he's not a Super Bowl-caliber quarterback, but with those two guys running the ball, they have a chance to beat anybody because you just zap the clock, and Dalvin Cook. And your defense. And the defense big. is great, and Dalvin Cook has been maybe the second-best running back in the NFL this year, in my opinion, behind maybe Christian McCaffrey. So, um, But of the playoff running backs, he's who I would take over and I know that's controversial but I would take him over any of the guys left in the playoffs Uh, but I'm taking the Vikings but I'm a fan so that is pure
0: pure heart. I'm going with the Saints, can't cover Mike, Michael Thomas 149 receptions 1700 yards receiving this year new orleans is very very good and obviously there's that local angle with Taysom hill and marcus williams playing there in new orleans but i think the saints it's just, it's too hard of a place to go and win if speaking of the superdome
1: yeah and uh xavier Ro- or ex-Xavier rhodes is was once one of the top corners in the mm-hmm. nfl he's kind of dropped off a little bit if mike hughes doesn't play for the vikings that spells trouble but um uh michael thomas versus xavier rhodes i think is probably your battle to watch you on saints too brian
2: yeah, I mean, like if you've got to lose to a team, you want to lose to the Saints, right? Because yeah. at least you're going to have a good time after the game. Yeah, yeah. There's... And I'm not really like rooting against the Vikings as much as I'm rooting for the city of New Orleans. Yeah, I I, I got to go to the Sugar Bowl okay. way back in 2009, and I fell in love with New Orleans that weekend. It's it's a great city.
1: Uh, and then real quick, um, another good matchup on uh, just because of the way the Seahawks ended up here as the five seed heading to. Uh, Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. You're welcome, Seattle. Yeah, Seattle or uh, uh, San Francisco getting away with a couple of lucky refereeing <laughs> calls at the end of that game. But uh, <laughs> the Seahawks head to the Eagles. I think the Eagles are better than their nine and seven record says. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, you know, I'd be torn with picking the eagles to win this game but i'm gonna go seahawks on the road to win this yeah one. i'm picking seattle
0: as well I, I i'm with you i think the eagles have kind of gotten healthy that's been big bugaboo for them all year long it's just been their overall health yeah. but yeah russell wilson and the seahawks they were an
1: inch away from he was in he was
0: not in he was
1: down <laughs> well whatever either way <laughs> uh what do you think brian where are you going on this one
2: Anything can happen in the link, so fly, Eagles, fly. (laughs) I like it. All right. It's a solid pick.
1: Uh, So NFL this weekend should be pretty fun. First game kicks off in about 45 minutes. We'll keep you posted on the score in that one. All right, coming up on the other side, you want to get to some technical files, Jake? Absolutely. Uh, Then we'll let you hear from Joe Ingles, his conversation um, with uh, DJ and PK yesterday. Mm -hmm. Uh, Always really interesting to listen to, including some – some uh, chores Joe had to do around the house that they got into, but hey, he had a really insightful answer. Correct. Uh, when it, uh, Kind of a funny picture of him going around putting together a bed, Yep. and so uh, they talked about that. Of course, PK's never going to let something like that go, and so he's always going to ask, but uh, coming up next, technical fouls, then Joe Ingles, then we get into Utah, a little bit of live local look-in, some of the other sports going on, and then uh, we'll get you ready for Jazz basketball. Man, it's already over. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, technical fouls next here on the Saturday show.
2: If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit with a bat. Cause that's a technical foul. You will feel my wrath. That's a technical foul.
1: Personal foul, 69, offense. He was giving them the business. A technical foul. Welcome back. Technical Fouls here on the Saturday show. We like to hand out, you know, if you do something dumb. We want to let you know about it. We want to let you know about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe you deserve it. Yeah. Normally you do. Uh, Jake, real quick. Okay. Got a tweet here that I didn't see because I didn't have my uh, Twitter open. Uh, RS on Twitter uh, messaged and He said, the Jazz are 16-6 in the clutch this year. We were talking about that earlier in the show.
0: Well, I know David Locke has mentioned that the, the Jazz have the most wins in the clutch this season of all NBA teams. Right. They've played the 22 of is, them. Yeah, the
1: argument is, is that they played a ton yeah. of them, but if you're going to play them, you might as well win mm-hmm. 16 out of the 22. Correct. You know what I mean? So... Um, Um, So, yeah, interesting job. Thanks for the tweet there. Thanks for listening. And if you like it, please download us where you can find us on the Zona app at uh, the Saturday show. All right, it's time for technical files. Jake, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll start us off here.
0: Uh, Sources. The New England Patriots are expected to be disciplined for acknowledged game day video violations in Cleveland, according to Adam Schefter that came earlier today. Uh, The discipline from the league is likely to come in the next two weeks, but not all of the security reports are back to the NFL yet, according to those sources. That's what they told Schefter. Of course, this all started during December 8th when New England Patriots were busted. They had a film crew that was in Cleveland uh, filming the Cincinnati Bengals uh, sideline. And, well... Their video crew, you see the video that came out. The security guard's like, what are you doing? They're like, well, I'll delete it right now.
1: <laughs> that That's when you know you've been caught doing something wrong like, is when you say, dude, I'll delete it. We'll all be good. The, the, and the, of he course, could have easily just been like, oh, I'm working for yeah. this, this, this. But he's,
0: I'll delete it right now. Okay, you know you did something wrong there. So, of course, the Patriots um, have called it a, quote, unintended oversight, unquote. <laughs> Good for you guys. Of course, Spygate will live on forever with New England Patriots. It was a stain on that franchise. This does not help them in any way, shape, or form. No. I still don't get why you guys needed to film the Cincinnati Bengals sideline. This is a team that was awful. They're going to have the number one overall pick, but it just— it's a bad, bad look for New England, and they're going to get their comeuppance. Granted, it's probably going to be maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars in fines, which uh, I think that the Patriots will pull out of their cash cush- couch cushions and ship off to the
1: NFL. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they will. Uh, technical file, Jake, on Ioannis Cespedes. Okay. Um, did you, it's always my, one of my favorite things in sports is how people hurt themselves in weird yeah. ways. You know, you've got the apple in bed with, uh, was that Derek Rose where he was cutting an apple and he cut his hand? Yes. Is that Derrick Rose? Yeah. Uh, Carlos Boozer tripped Boozer over. here, yeah. Tripped over a gym bag. Um, Allegedly. Who was that guy who like broke his, who like sliced his hand open while he was trying to fix a drone? It was a oh, pitcher. Yeah, yeah. You remember who I was talking about? Yeah. And, and he, missed like, missed like 20 games. Yeah, it might have been. He missed like twenty games because he sliced his hand open working on his drone. Well, Ioannis Cespedes was on the. Uh, he was at his ranch in Port St. Lucie. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that is. It's in Florida. It's in Florida. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Anyway, he's on his ranch, and apparently he stepped in a hole, fractured his ankle because of an incident with a wild boar. Yeah. So he'd already. If been, I know anything about wild boar, you don't want to mess with. it. I watch a no. lot of Travel Channel. You don't want to mess with a wild.
0: I've boar. got a father-in-law who's a big hunter, and that's one of his life dreams: is to go boar hunting from a helicopter. That's one of his goals to do that. And I'm not,
1: not big hunter guy over here. I know, but but um, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So from a helicopter uh, seems interesting. Yeah. So this, that's maybe a, not. That's in
0: Texas. Know. Apparently, Texas has major issues. Oh, with the, the wild boar, boar population—it's something.
1: Yeah. something that has just exploded in. Uh, yeah. Uh, the southern part of the United yeah, States. Yeah,
0: so the, the issue with this is Cespedes was already out uh, going into the 2019 season this past season in Major League Baseball after undergoing surgery on both heels. There was a chance that he may be able to return late in the season. But when you go out and fracture an ankle when you step into a hole trying to get away from a wild boar, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're done playing for the season. And, and what happened with the boar? Uh, I Did it get him? I, I well, Did I mean, the boar go okay. him? Here's the thing. Wild boars, you don't mess with them because if you do get into a tussle with them, you're going to come out worse for the wear. Yes. I'm assuming nothing happened in that regard because he would have been a lot worse for the wear. Yeah,
1: for real. Uh, Jake, real quick. Uh huh. Where are you at, and this is a technical foul, and maybe it is, maybe it isn't, where are you at on the all-star voting process? It's
0: stupid, honestly. And I I tweeted out this the other day. When I saw this, it was on Thursday, I think is when I tweeted this out. It might have been yesterday. But Donovan Mitchell, the Utah Jazz star player, he's currently running seventh in all-star voting, uh, just behind D'Angelo um. Uh, Russell. Russell from the Golden State Warriors, and then Alex Caruso from the Los Angeles Lakers is the guy immediately behind him in voting. The problem with this is, I have Adrian is uh, you have all these fans who see the stars. LeBron, of course, is predictably leading all All Star voting. Luka Doncic also getting all kinds of love as well. They're going to pick the five starters from this fan vote. The problem is, and I know the media has also had an issue with this, and I think it's an issue there, is you have all these incentives tied into All-Star Games, and you have essentially a rigged system here where guys who have money on the line, if they make an All-Star Game, that play in smaller markets. Let's acknowledge Utah's a smaller market. They play in those smaller markets. They're not going to get the love that they feel like they deserve and also could be losing out of money and I know that there's the coaches' decisions coming up, obviously, and that will help out in some way. But the power that has been given to All-Star game voting, it needs to be revamped.
1: Yeah, and I I will agree with you on one point. Okay. Is that if you're going to give it a fan vote, don't make it tied to incentives. Oh,
0: absolutely, yeah. Because
1: I actually don't really have a problem with the fans voting the All-Star starters because yeah. it's the, the, who the fans want to see it's out there. who they're there. watching, yeah. You know, and I don't believe that, taco fall is going to end up being a all-star like i don't believe that yeah, I don't, Alex don't is not gonna be either. steph curry is not gonna end up being an all-star because he played four games he can't play yeah. but if you're telling me that this if the fans vote luca Doncic, james harden russell westbrook damian lillard lebron james anthony davis Kawhi leonard paul george i'm gonna agree with you you yeah, know what I mean? Those like, those are, are, if if you're going for who's those are the, popular yeah, in the NBA. The top players
0: in the NBA, absolutely. And but it, that, you can't have it, like you said, you can't have it tied in to these guys with money on the line. Yeah,
1: and so, and maybe the real All-Stars are kind of the guys who are getting voted in by coaches anyway. Yeah, it's a not that from these your peers. guys wouldn't be. Like, yeah. LeBron, every coach is going to vote LeBron into the All-Star game. Correct. But. The, the, I don't really have a big problem with the fans voting because they vote for who they want to see start. Yeah. And people don't want to hear that who are fans of the Jazz because or fans of any team of somebody who's being snubbed. Donovan Mitchell being seventh, he should be much higher than that. But fr- he's frankly not as popular worldwide as the rest of these guys are. So it makes sense why he's behind. But like you say, don't make the fan vote salary incentivized
0: well I think the all-star game just period should not be incentivized
1: I'm, I'm with you because I get that the coach and maybe is, the writers shouldn't be picking all NBA either like I, I there don't know there are
0: multiple media members who are not comfortable with that yeah as well so I don't know what you can do I don't think it's ever going to go away in that regard time I'm with you I think the fan votes always gonna be a part of it I'm, I think you're right. The, the, the financial incentive needs to be taken away from this, if that yeah. makes sense. Like if, if you're going to have this whole in-season tournament If it's going to be a popularity
1: contest, yeah. let the fans yeah. pick whatever. I don't care. But don't give someone a 40% boost in their contract Yeah, just because yeah, exactly. the fans like them. You could you could have yeah
0: millions and millions. We're talking upwards of $50 million potentially at stake if you don't get an all-star nod. and that yeah. can be, That's tied in to fans voting, yeah. which is it's unfortunate.
1: So it, it's not— not a great system and uh for your i think you make the best point because of the money involved in it all All right uh coming up on the other side let's let you all hear from joe ingles who was on with EJ and pk yesterday really good conversation as he always does with the joe ingles show and uh, then we'll get into utah football and uh some more jazz news as they head on to take the orlando magic tonight so a lot of the show left stay with us here on the saturday show on the zone sports network